This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This is the Besotted Pride of West London podcast and I'd like to welcome you to part two of the Besotted Her Game 2 podcast. Part one, if you haven't heard it, you can catch it now on prideofwest.london or you can go to besotted.com. Just go there for any of your Besotted gear. You'll find it all on there. In the first part, we had Kaz and Vic from Her Game 2 and also Ali from Besotted and they talked to me, I'm Billy Grant, about their experiences as females following their team. In this episode, we hear from a number of female football fans who tell us their experiences in and around football. Plus, we also chat to Sally Stevens, Brentford's Fan and Community Relations Director, who talks to us about how Brentford have been tackling diversity, creating an environment to make women feel more comfortable at games. Don't forget to subscribe to us on all good podcast platforms. Thanks for listening and enjoy. So Kaz, Vic and Ali talked to us in part one about the experiences that they had in and around football. It's a bit of an eye-opener, it has to be said, uh, but sometimes the best way for one to learn is to listen to other people's experiences. We're now going to hear from a number of girls who are keen to give the lowdown on their own footballing experiences. Hello, my name's Becky. I'm a Reading season ticket holder from Shropshire and I have followed the Royals home and away for the last 15 years with my mum. I also write for a couple of websites and I have podcasted about Reading and I've also appeared on TV and radio. Um, Generally, my experiences as a female football fan are positive ones. Um, People seem to see it as more of a talking point that I'm a Reading fan from Shropshire rather than the fact that I'm a female football fan. Um, But sadly, there are a couple of experiences that aren't so great. Um, The first one that sticks out in my mind is when I started in my current job. Um, A colleague introduced me to another colleague who I hadn't yet met. Um, And obviously, it tends to be a talking point when you start in a new office. Like, oh, who are the football fans? And um, my colleague said, oh, this is Becky. Um, She's a football fan. To which my other colleague turned around and said, oh, you like football? Shouldn't you like netball? 
And I was so taken aback by the comment, I just didn't know how to respond. And you know that there's something not quite right when it's just kind of accepted and the way that you deal with it is just rolling your eyes when he walks out rather than the problem actually being addressed. The second experience um, is probably worse than the first one, to be honest. Um, I'd sent a tweet out a few seasons ago after we'd lost um, and I had a troll reply to me saying uh, to get back in the kitchen, um, that to get my boobs out. And um, as I've ret retweeted him to call him out, I've had another female fan tweet me back and say that I deserve it because I bring the attention on myself by tweeting about football all the time. And I'm all for female empowerment. I'm definitely a girl's girl. So that really hurt, even though I didn't know who it was. Um, it was just... A massive shock. We deal with so much as women in society. We definitely don't need to start turning on each other. In terms of making the football experience better for women, I certainly think we've come a long way in the last few years. Um, there was a time where you would walk into a club shop and if you wanted any ladies clothing, everything would be pink. And that kind of stereotype just doesn't sit right with me. Um, so we've definitely moved away from that. But I think we can all just do better. Um, if you have a compliment where you say, um, oh, you know a lot about football for a girl, why can't the compliment just stop at, you know a lot about football? My football knowledge isn't defined by my gender. Um, so yeah, and it's these, these things aren't going to change overnight. I think there's an onus on clubs, the media, the FA, the EFL, Premier League, whoever, to highlight that sexism is still an issue in football. Um, we're nearly in 2022 and we're still talking about these issues. It's great to see that there's more young girls coming in at grassroots level. There's more ladies and girls uh, in the stands on the weekend watching their teams. But there's still so much more that can be done. And I think it's going to be a collective effort to make sure that we're going the right way. Hi, my name is Claire Thomas um, and I support everyone's favourite yo-yo team, Norwich City. I've been a season ticket holder there for 28 years since the early 90s, back when we were really, really good. And I used to be a quarter of a fan site called the Little Yellow Bird Project. Now I regularly write for the Along Come Norwich fanzine. Um, I guest on their podcast and I've also written for the Norwich City programme, uh, done local radio shows, I've done stuff for Sky Sports. I'm, I'm all over the place. I guess... I feel really lucky and fortunate that I support a club like Norwich City. It's a team that's got such a strong female presence at the helm in, in our owner, Delia Smith. And I, I guess on a subconscious level, that's always made me feel like Carrow Road is a safe space for women and that one that women are welcome to. I've never felt like I didn't belong there or felt intimidated. Um, I go with my mum and my sister and my dad. We go as a family and there's loads of other women around where we sit and a lot of them have been going just as long as we have. So I guess I've just never known any different. Um, I've been to a lot of games, including a lot of away games, and I actually have been to a fair amount of away games on my own. Um, I live in London, so I'll often go to the more local games um, on my own without my family. And I've never thought twice about it. I've never thought I shouldn't be doing that as a lone female. Um, I've always felt safe amongst the other Norwich fans at away games as well so maybe it's just luck but I can hand on heart say that I've probably encountered verbal sexism once in all that time in all those games 
um, which was just a guy when I was at a Spurs away game. He was effing and blinding, like literally every other word was a swear word. And I just turned around after a while because I'd had enough and just said, mate, can you just tone it down a little bit? And he just retorted, why don't you just get back to watching the ballet? I mean, that was it. I just I think I just laughed at his face, but you know, it's hardly hardcore sexism. So maybe I'm just lucky. I certainly would say I experience it more on the social media platforms and I consciously keep Twitter as football only. I don't post personal stuff or photos of myself or anything on there. Um, Certainly sometimes, you know, I'll just like somebody's post, a guy's post, and somehow they seem to think that's an invitation and to slide into my DMs and see if I want to go out with them. I'm like, mate, I literally just liked your post. Like that's it. So, but actually at the games, I've been very fortunate and my team has always been incredibly welcoming to women. So yeah, I guess I'm one of the lucky ones. Hi, my name is Nivea Nala. I play for Rotherham United White Hill Girls. I support Rotherham and Chelsea. I go to some of the Rotherham games. My favourite player is Freddie Ladapo because he's really kind and I've always liked him as a player. Also, I support Amy Pollock because she's given me a lot of support during football. I have Chelsea, I support Kante and Kepper because obviously them two teams are like the best teams in the world. Recently, she said that I didn't want to play football because I were a girl and then they realised that I were good at football and then they stopped saying that and then they kept on encouraging me. Um, at the time, I felt really upset and then when they saw me as a player, obviously, I started saying that I were really good, that made me feel happier because then I proved that I'm good enough as a player. I think that every woman's team should have a woman ambassador to support and cheer us on like we have Amy Pollock. I think there needs to be more support in girls' football, like more sponsors, Nike. I think there needs to be lots more of that so that more girls are encouraged to play the game. Because boys, if they just saw it, they'd want to do it. But sometimes girls think, I'm not going to do it because I don't want boys to be sexist to me or... I don't want them to say I'm worse than them. So I think if there's more support going out in the world, more girls will play and then, like, it'll be an equal kind of game. Having a girl's ambassador, it makes it better because then we've got someone to talk to and we've got someone to relate to about sport. Hi, my name is Sam Martin and I live in Preston in Lancashire, which makes me a Preston North End fan. I think I've pretty much been um, going to games most of my life. I can't even remember my first game. I was that young. Um, and along that time, I think I've experienced quite a lot of sexism, uh, especially I've noticed it more as I get older. But obviously, the older you get, the more aware of these things you are. Um, it's all different kinds of events from being on club provided transport like buses and trains constantly being asked to get my tits out being told I'm getting it on the back of the bus on the way home if we win and um, being picked up and um, strangers thinking they can touch you um every comment you can possibly think of penises waved in my face um everything anything you can imagine it is I've seen it and it has happened um now obviously there's a prevalence of online abuse and sexism there as well um so I pretty much had every comment you could imagine but they all pretty much mention my gender there will always be woman in in the abuse that they give me stupid woman crazy woman thick woman what do you know about football woman um and my question back is always, what's my gender got to do with it? Um, to which they can never answer and they'll just repeat their abuse. Um, 
and I think clubs need to do a lot more to tackle um sexism and abuse aimed at women within the game because fans can still be female and they are perfectly entitled to attend a game without receiving any abuse so whereby a club would have a very hard stance on racism and will eject people and will ban people from the grounds which is great why can't they take the same attitude towards abuse against women because actually the abuse against women is very very frightening because most people will tell you if they abuse you online um, who used to say that abuse isn't going to then carry on offline, which has made me very wary sometimes going to games. And I've physically seen people in the crowd or wherever before a game. And I know they've given me online abuse. Um, and you think, are they going to come and say it to my face? Are they going to make a scene? Are they going to approach me? They never do, but there will be a case that they will do at some point. It makes you very uncomfortable going to a game and that's not fair. And that's what clubs need to tackle if they want to actually retain female support and encourage more women to go to games to make it an actual an abuse-free environment that women feel safe in as well. Hello, I'm Anne and I'm a Brentford supporter. And I've supported Brentford all my life, born and bred Brentford girl. And Brentford has been a major part of my life. I've been lucky enough to work and play for Brentford Football Club. And it's given me an opportunity to meet some amazing people who have been kind of friends for for life um, and opportunities to work for different companies. Um, I'd probably say recently, one of the things that really kind of stood out for me, I went to the Brentford Stoke away game in the Caribou Cup um, and long journey up to Stoke that day. but the atmosphere was amazing. We'd taken 1,400 fans and I was sitting quite near to the front and I was just really enjoying the atmosphere um, that, you know, that was, came with it. And um, so just lapping up the atmosphere. The next day, the um, my phone was like bleeping away and I was getting messages from people left, right and centre. And um, I was working and I didn't get a chance to really look at the phone straight away. And then when I did, I found that what happened was it was a picture taken of me at the game by one of the photographers that then appeared on the club's website, Instagram, Twitter um, and Facebook. And what was really interesting about that was the amount of people who contacted me that hadn't spoken to in ages, people who had seen me at recent games, um, but also people who kind of went, wow, you know what, it's really nice, really unique to see, you know, a, a female fan, a black female fan uh, being represented on a club's website or their, their social media. And a lot of people had said to me that their friends and family who had seen the picture, who knew me, went, actually, you know what, if she's going to football and she feels that safe, especially in a away game, I want to go. And Brentford's a club that I want to be part of. And I think that's what's so unique about Brentford Football Club. It's a club that everyone wants to be part of and that you feel welcome at. And I'm really proud to be part of Brentford. Hi, my name's Holly. I'm a Nottingham Forest fan living in London, but originally from Newark in Nottinghamshire. I also contribute to the Forever Forest podcast. Um, football's been a massive part of my life ever since I was aware who Stuart Pearce and Brian Clough were. Growing up as a, a young girl in the late 80s, it was very hard. Attitudes were very prehistoric. Girls seemed to have no voice at all in football. Um, I was desperate to swap stickers in the playground with the boys, but I was so scared of being bullied. 30 years later, and I still don't feel we've progressed enough. I had an incident a couple of years ago when I was travelling to an away game with my male friend um, and we got chatting to a couple of guys at the train station that were also on the way to the match. After they finished talking to my friend about the game, one of the guys turned to me and said, and I bet you're off shopping all day whilst he's at the football, eh? I mean, considering the hours I've spent following my team and being a massive football fan since I was the age of seven, I found it incredibly demeaning and really, really embarrassing. 
it seems like even though I was quite obviously wearing team colours, he couldn't see anything other than the fact I was a woman and therefore must not be interested. I think the way to change attitudes is to educate boys from a young age, get those conversations going about girls having a place in football and it being the norm, maybe including a wider demographic at events, supporters groups and meetings and even stuff like podcasts. Seeing and hearing women discuss football in an eloquent way on these everyday platforms and not just on, say, Sky, will help to change opinions and attitudes towards women's involvement in football, I think. Wow, that is a real mix. I mean, that's kind of blown me away, to be quite honest with you. I've got to say many thanks to Claire, Nevaeh, Natalie, Anne, Becca, Holly, Natasha and Sam for sharing your stories. I know it couldn't be easy. But hopefully hearing what you've had to go through, even if it makes one person change the way they think and act, then it's got to be a good thing. Wow. I mean, those girls are amazing. They're so brave for coming forward. Like these are the exact type of people that we're fighting for. Um, yeah, I think there's, there's just so much to discuss. Tell you what, that's a really good idea. We might have to get you back on because there are so many things to discuss. But I think we need to get back on track and just talk about, you know, more stuff in the studio on the podcast. The, the main core about this is about feeling comfortable in a football environment, feeling comfortable at the game, feeling comfortable in football, you know. Um, it, it, and it's not necessarily about, you know, because everyone's got different experiences within football. Do you understand what I'm saying? So some people may feel comfortable in a room full of 100 men, where others might feel... I mean, I went to, I went to the women's game the other day and I went to Box Park afterwards and it, I, I stayed all night because the, the atmosphere was different. It was completely different to a men's game, but I enjoyed it. And I think the main thing is that people believe that football should only be enjoyed in one way. But I think one of the things that you say in your, in your campaign is that, look... Different people enjoy football in different ways. Just because we enjoy it in a different way, how we watch it, how we consume it, how we, we hang out, we shouldn't be lambasted for it. It shouldn't be all about, oh, here we go, here we go, throwing bottles up and, you know, and just singing dogs. Because not everybody does it that way, is it? Yeah, interestingly, um, the other day I put on what my favourite part of an away day is on Twitter, um, which, were, well, I said one of the best parts of going to an away day is meeting the opposition fans. Now, I love that. I love meeting opposition fans. I love going to the pub and having a pre-match chat with them. So I put that on Twitter. Didn't really think about it. Next minute, I'm getting loads of like quote tweets, little pile on. I put my um, account on private before it got any worse because I knew a sexist comment was just around the corner. So I locked my account down. But it was it, a lot of people started quote tweeting saying I was wrong, um, basically because I didn't say the best part of an away day is opening a can at 7am on the train suddenly it was like <laughs> all these people like quoting my tweet saying like you're wrong it's like hang on it's it's my away day like if I think that's the best part like I'm allowed to say that um I'm not wrong for saying that but then it started to get that vibe where people were like getting a bit like funny about it and then I just knew that if I kept my account unlocked it would have got worse and worse and worse and then that pile on would have got because I've been through it loads of times before so I knew what was coming so I stopped it before it could get worse um but yeah like everyone enjoys it differently and we're not saying to change any of it I mean if you want to like chant at the away fans or you know get get rolled up and create an atmosphere carry on do it but just don't be discriminating that's all we're asking I mean you can enjoy football without discriminating um and that's what we want to stamp out we're not saying don't have any fun we're not saying don't sing any songs 
by all means, keep it exactly the same. But we just want to encourage more women. We want to make them feel safe and we want to stamp out the sexist abuse. That's all we want to do. So, yeah, people just need to realise that. Ali? Uh, I'll just take a um, little bit of an issue with, we don't want you to say not sing any songs. I would say that we need to stop the singing mm. of misogynistic songs. And there's one particular one that we have at Brentford that I just, it makes my skin crawl every yeah. time it gets Sheffield's full of the same thing, Ali, I wouldn't worry. <laughs> yeah, it, it's just... Oh, West London is wonderful. Oh, West London. It, yeah, Sheffield's wonderful too. Yeah. I'm sure Bristol is as well. Yeah. Yeah, but there's many wonderful things about West London and that we could sing about that they, well, we, I don't say we, obviously, that they could sing about that... Um, rather than what they do. Yeah, it is. And, and, and we'll, we'll br- I think we'll bring this up with Sally as well because we're going to bring her on in a little second. But the interesting thing, as you know, I go to as well as going to Brentford, I go to Dulwich Hamlet as well. And Dulwich Hamlet have got a real... They've got a real thing for basically, you know, you know, anti-sexist, anti-racist, anti-homophobic, everything. They just make sure that you feel 100% comfortable at football. And if anyone is out of turn, fans actually turn around to people on the terrace and say, we don't do this here. Could you go away? Now, they sing that same song. You know, Oh, South London is wonderful. Oh, South London is wonderful. It's full of beer, baiting and Dulwich. You know, and basically they've just twisted it themselves. And that's and the whole crowd sings it because they get, what, 3,000 fans at a time, like, you know. So and I just sort of think I've got to tip my hat to them because they've, they've gone out their way to make sure that the song still exists, but we're putting it into what we feel is right to be on the terraces. There's loads of women there. It's really multicultural. I've got no problems bringing my daughter there where sometimes I'm a little bit worried, even though she's 12 and she knows things, you know, that she might hear things where she says, look, I'm, I'm feeling a bit uncomfortable here. But when I go there, at least I know that she totally and 100 percent I've got people around her who have, have her back, making sure that she's comfortable isn't going to be hearing or seeing doing things that ain't going to be right. But also, it's got a football vibe. So I'm I'm not sitting down there bigging up saying you all need to go to Dulwich. What I'm saying is, to, interestingly, the fans have taken control there to make sure that things are right. And one of the things that I'm a big, 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 big fan of, and I'm actually going to meet someone quite senior tomorrow uh, over at Wembley to talk about this, is about how we can actually empower. I call it the silent majority, where I believe that the majority of people out there are good people who want uh-huh. good things and want things you're talking about what I'm talking about what all my friends are talking about but sometimes we're siloed we're in we're, we're, we're individualized where we don't even know that we exist and I'm just working out that if all of a sudden we could start coming together you've you've already started to do things in your ways and I've got my people Ali's got everyone's got their people we start coming together like-minded people in a way but from a grassroots level not in a sort of kind of sky tv or the fa kind of all in lights hey everybody come together and we're like hold on a second this is a little bit corporate if it's done from a grassroots level a proper level i think that's going to be very very powerful but anyway listen we've talked enough between ourselves because we need to actually well we need to go off and get a little drink because as you know in the beside podcast we always like to have a little drink we're going to go away we're going to come back and we're going to talk to sally stevens from brentford so very pleased to, to bring you as well for the very first time as well. Sally Stevens, the Fan and Community Relations Director for Brentford FC. Sally, how are you? 
I'm very well, thank you. Thanks for having me on. Oh, thanks for joining us, Sally, as well. Like I said to you, we've got the we've got Vic here, we've got Kaz here, we've got Ali here in the house. And we've been, like I said to you, we've been having a little bit of a chinwag about, you know, various things to do with the, the Herd Game 2 campaign. And, you know, we've been chatting about you and what you've been doing. And I'm just thinking, first of all, Sally, because, you know, even a lot of people at Brentford, you know, you're, you, know you, you keep to yourself as well and you do a great job at Brentford. But maybe just tell everybody exactly what do you do? So I'm fan, fan and community relations director and there's a little bit of it does what it says on the tin there. So the fan relations side of it is about making sure that our fans' voice is front and centre of everything we do at the club, that we consider our fans, we listen, uh, we engage with our fans, we work to make the club as welcoming an environment as possible. Um, and we create excellent experiences both on match days and non-match days. Um, taking that a bit wider, it covers the, the local community as well. So I work with the local residence groups and the local MPs and the council, etc., just to try and make sure that they're all um, part of our, uh, our sort of family as well and they're not being disrupted too much on match days, etc., etc. Um, and on the community side as well, we also um, deliver... Uh, uh, key community projects working closely with Brentford FC Community Sports Trust but also um, club initiatives as well to take forward kind of a wider corporate social responsibility um, area. We also cover in our team the the women's teams so I'm really happy to have uh, Amy Crook in our team who's uh, with her father has been managing our Brentford women's teams for many years and uh, we've brought them more closely into the club which is all part of our uh, be together campaign um, we also um, have a wider remit across the club for coordinating our safeguarding work so it's, it's pretty broad <laughs> the whole area that sounds really great you know and, and I mean obviously you know I mean I said really great all the stuff that you've been doing and in a, such a short I say relatively short space of time because it's almost like it's gone it's like, gone like a rocket you know Brentford were you know this 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 sort of kind of sort of like sort of cottage industry you know probably even like four or five years ago then all of a sudden it's like whoosh it's gone to another level which is obviously um, coincided with the move to the new stadium as well but one of the interesting sure. things and some people may or may not know about that but you know Brentford have this aim to become the most inclusive club in the United Kingdom so I'm gonna to have to ask you the question how's that going? <laughs> um, well I have to say we've slightly changed the wording around that because we felt that it sounded a little bit competitive and that's not really what we're about with other clubs because we don't want to be better than other people. We want everyone to be good. So, um, But what we're keeping with is that we want in, um, equality, diversity, inclusion to be um, right at the heart of everything we do at the club. And I think it's fundamental that um, that's um, part and parcel of what it is to be Brentford. And I think it's something that's held... Um, dearly right from our owner Matthew Benham through the board through um, the senior leadership team and everybody at the club um, it, it, it's a really central part of our club strategy 
Yeah, I mean, and obviously we talk a lot, you know, I mean, we talk about the racism issues, we talk about all the diversity, you know, homophobia, you know, we talk about the, the disability as well. I mean, we were chatting today about, you know, about my, my, you know, my son, you know, who's autistic and, you know, how he came through going to Brentford for years and how, you know, Brentford has actually helped him, you know, and going to football yeah. and, you know, and, and how much football can actually help people from different, you know, different, you know, I say from different backgrounds who are, who are just not seen as inverted commas. I say inverted commas, it's normal. At Brentford, though, is interestingly because from a perspective, football's always seen as, you know, pale, um, what's it, stale and male, however it is, like, you know. And, you know, <laughs> Brentford was very much like this for a number of years. I mean, I spoke to directors, owners, everything like that, saying, look, I'm not being funny, but you need to, like, sort out what's going on behind the scenes there. Because, like, you know, forget about what's happening on the pitch. We may be as, you know, as, as upfront and we might be on the edge on the pitch. But, you know, behind the scenes, we're looking like every other football club out there and we need to kind of change that up. And over the past few years, it looks like that thing's happened. I mean, we've got nearly 25% female staff ratio and also about eight, about is it eight to 10 senior females within the club? You'll probably be able to correct me on that. Sure, yeah. Um, I don't have the exact numbers, but it's something that we're gathering um, uh, year on year just kind of really track that. So um, be useful once we've got that next set of data in to have a look at it. Um, but certainly, we're really trying hard um, on all on all areas to to increase the diversity of not just of our fan base, but also, as you say, of of the people that work at the club as well, and and at all levels. So uh, this is good. I mean, so I mean, I want to bring the girls in here as well. You know, we got Kaz, we got Vic from her game too. We got Ali as well, first of all, because Ali, I'm going to say to you, Ali's a Brentford fan as well. And like I said, we have many discussions about how we can further. And like I said to you, I hate using the word diversify because I think that you know, I hate you know, I hate the diversify and EDI and all these phrases that people use which at the end of the day I just think it makes people glass their eyes over for me as far as I'm concerned it's all about basically having you know creating a bed which you know everyone's quite happy to sleep in it you know what I'm saying to create an environment which people are happy to come into and you know for Brentford it's you know and it's a hard slog because I'm not you know listen you know me Sally I don't mince my words a lot of the time and I know if there's issues there's issues and I will tell you but I'm not telling you because I'm being critical I'm telling you because I'm being honest with you and things need to be fixed. Brentford hasn't been, you know, a bed of roses, you know, for a long period of time, and there are things that need to be fixed, as has been in other clubs. But of course, at least they're working towards that. So I'm just wondering, you know, Ali, just just talking to Sally there, you know, just 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 talk amongst yourselves about, you know, what you're trying to do and what the club's trying to do to increase the number of females, you know, the, 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 the you know, just diversify its fan base, Ali. Um. Well, one thing I will say that probably does help a bit is we have a lot more toilets in the new stadium than we had we had at Griffin Park, where you had to have a, a bladder of iron as a woman to go to Griffin Park. Um, yeah, that is probably encouraging just in itself. Um, just coming to a discussion that we were talking earlier about earlier, I would have, and you know, I found my own crew at Brentford. But if I was to suffer, you know, sexist abuse or misogynistic abuse while I was at the ground, I would have no idea about how to report it or who to go to where to you know none of that is is something that i've you know uh, that i've come across oh these are the chains of you report for this that or the other you know it's fairly obvious where you report report racism racist abuse but is there other do we have channels for reporting sexist or misogynistic abuse and and if we do well, basically what if we do, we... why why 
are they not sort of like really obvious to, to women? You know, I go every week. I'm a season ticket holder and yeah. I don't know. Yeah. So uh, a casual fan certainly okay. wouldn't know. I th- what we do have is um, a reporting um, uh, email address and a text mm. number. So you may have seen that going around on the screens. So it goes around on a rotation on the screens. Um, we also have messages going around on the LEDs as well. But I take your point. Not everybody will necessarily see those. So we, we maybe need to look at I've never seen them, but then I'm not yes. really looking at the screens or the LEDs very much, you know. So. No, so that's the point. I suppose there's a, people are going to look in different ways. So there are messages that go around uh, on a match day. Um, we have thought about whether we can do things, you know, just having a, a note in every of the every one of the toilets, yeah. for example, and that's maybe something we need to think about because that's somewhere where everyone will go at some point or other, and hopefully they might notice it on the wall. Um, but um, yes, we are we are trying to encourage people to um, to to report any instances of particularly of discriminatory behaviour and language of any kind, and we've certainly seen uh, a big increase in the people that are doing that's that. Cool. Um, but not necessarily, um, I would say probably, as you say, more in terms of foul and abusive language, um, racist comments, homophobic comments. I don't think we've had anything much in terms of sexist comments. Now, that might be that there aren't that many going around, or it might be that women have just kind of learned to sort of put up with it and they're not reporting it i don't i don't know but it'd be interesting to find I out i think it, i think it's almost certainly the latter almost certainly the latter i, I, I don't think <laughs> it's, it's it's not there i think it's definitely there yeah and if that's the yeah. case that's part of the education thing that we talked about because we were talking to the girls Vic, Vic and, and 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 cares about educating and educating people and i think we talked about scenarios where you know i think there's situations as well where um, I think some women, they almost, and again, listen, I'm not trying to talk out of turn here and maybe it's probably easier if somebody has said that, but sometimes the norm is so much that certain things happen that may, maybe there's some women, they just kind of, I, I hate to use the word accept it, but, you know, uh-huh. I, I think I, I saw a story recently which was about um, the female referee, Rebecca Welsh, again, and, and Barrow were playing, I think they were playing a team in Oxfordshire or something like that. And uh, I think that, you know, that they were saying that, they, that, that um, somebody was complaining, was a, a girl, I think it was online, she was complaining that some of the, the her female fans were actually saying that the referee were giving decisions to, I think it was to Barrow, um, because they play in pink and she fancied some of the players. And I think there was like disappointment in the fact that sort of kind of women are sort of kind of bowed down to the same sort of kind of, you know, really narrow thinking, you know, um, that some of her, the, the, her male kind of compatriots had, had, had sort of sunk to. And I don't know if this is a case of, you know, we're talking about education, you know, whether or not clubs can actually kind of get involved. Because, I mean, Kaz and Vic, you know, maybe you should chat to Sally. I mean, you've been doing some great stuff and you've been talking about how you can, how you've been actually trying to get visibility in the stadia as well so that people actually understand, you know, that these things are happening and, there's, and there, are, there are channels that you can go to if you're not happy with it. Yeah, I think that's something that we we said earlier, like a lot of the time as a woman from being a little girl right the way through, and I'm sure Sally sees this a lot in her job of working in the industry that she works in, that it's almost seen as it's not as important as. So somebody might hear a sexist chant or might hear something that's misogynistic, but then why would you report that above racism or about above homophobia and actually like i said earlier those all are things that are protected characteristics and they are still classed as you know it's 
abuse, it's discriminatory. Um, and I think it's, it is something that unfortunately, like when you say with the, with the referee the other week, we all have an unconscious bias. Like we're all like, this is what I do nine to five like every day of the week, that we all have unconscious bias. And we all are taught from a young age that girls are pretty and girls wear pink and, you know, girls have a tiny little curl in the middle of their forehead and all this sort of thing. And actually, when it comes to situations, sometimes you, even as a woman yourself, even as a white straight woman, even as, you know, you will still have those things that are in the back of your head because from the day you're born, society has told you that that is the norm and that women should be in the kitchen, should be raising the family, should be doing this. And the more and more that we talk about it, we all go, well, I mean, I, I don't do that. I, I haven't ironed in years. Like, I'm <laughs> terrible. Like, I don't do any of the things that I've meant to do in sort of the way that the world thinks. And I think the more of us that realise that and the more of us that realise that we have these internalised ideals that aren't on purpose, nobody's saying that you're sat there on purpose thinking, oh, this is it. Obviously, voicing it and saying it on Twitter, et cetera, is completely different. But these things are there and it's about challenging your own brain. And that's something that a lot of people can't comprehend actually challenging yourself. And I don't know if it's because I live alone and I, I reflect on stuff a lot and I'm big into my equality and diversity, but maybe that's something that we all need to kind of sit back sometimes and go, what do I think about women? If I had to write a column on women, what do I think? What do I think about gay people? What do I think about this? And actually you'll realize that they're all things that you have no evidence for whatsoever. Um, and it's about understanding that and understanding that Oh, West that's London. been yeah. programmed into mm -hmm. you. That's not necessarily your fault that you were put in a dress at six months old and you were told, you know, you're going to be a ballet dancer. But to actually vocalise that later on, that's when you need to be questioning yourself and you shouldn't be saying things like that about referees. You know, a female referee is huge. It's, it's a huge deal. Um, you know, the, the match that we had the other week where it's all female officials, I mean, the, the Twitter sort of, stale white and pale that we mentioned earlier that went wild that happened. <laughs> <laughs> but you know it's something that we shouldn't even bat an eyelid at like I personally think it's amazing because I'm a woman I'm involved in this campaign and I think oh my god that's three women or four women walking out into that football stadium and that's so new but actually it shouldn't be it shouldn't be new at all um so it is about addressing your own biases in your head and realising what's okay to say, what's not, and what you need to argue with yourself about internally, not just on the bus. <laughs> mm -hmm. it's, it's interesting because we've been talking a little bit earlier as well, Sally, about, you know, that this main, this thing about is all about feeling comfortable going to football and no one should feel uncomfortable going to football. Now, you know, myself and Ali and a lot of our besotted career, actually, we talk a lot about, again, and, and Ali will bring this up as well. There's a particular song at Brentford, which is sung, which makes Ali feel uncomfortable. Also makes me feel uncomfortable when I've got my daughter and, her t you know, two or three friends that I, I bring, the, uh, for the, who play for a football team, which I bring to the game. We're sitting in the front row and they sing this and I'm sort of thinking, oh God, here we go again. Like, you know, and how do they feel? So, I'm just wondering, how would the club tackle something like this? Because I understand, because there's the whole thing about it's only banter, 
we've always sung it for years. Like, you know, some, there's an argument to say, well, you know, just because you sung it in the 70s doesn't mean that it's still valid in, in the, t- the 21st century. But that's a different story. But it's also how do you deal with this? Because sometimes you can't go and deal with it with a sledgehammer. I know some people go, you need to wade in and have a go. But sometimes, again, it's almost like as an education thing. But using it in the proper term of you know as into how can you do street education i'll call it so us on the terraces can almost like we can patrol our own terraces and we should be able to kind of deal with things on the terraces but also it becomes quite hard because you know you're talking about sort of quite large groups of people that singing it and now it's sort of taking off more and more i mean ali do you want to talk about that and and your thoughts on this i've just i'm sure you know that exactly the song we're talking about the old west london song sally and yeah and it's and it it is sung a lot, and it it's every time they start it up, it literally makes my skin crawl. And I'm I'm pretty thick skinned about these things. I, I've worked in television for years, which traditionally, until relatively recently, was a very misogynistic industry. So I'm very thick skinned about these things. But oh my lord, it makes my skin crawl. And you know, like I said, I'm I'm pretty thick skinned about these things. So somebody's coming for the first time who's a lot thinner skinned is. It, it's going to find it. It's going to, what, what, wow, I don't want to be here. This is really not very comfortable. And it is one of those things that we've really sung for years. And, you know, back in the 70s, I'm sure nobody better than Lyle because there were probably literally zero women at football. But now in the 2020s, I, it, I find it really, I, I'm like, why? Why? This is 2021. Why, why are you even singing this? Why is this even considered acceptable that, thousands of people are literally standing there singing it and i don't know how you go about addressing that because there will be a substantial number who stand up and said you know like bill said he said oh well, we've always sung it and i don't see what the problem is it's, it's just banter but it isn't just banter it's really putting women down it's it's you know objectifying women and that it's not okay it really isn't okay, but I, I don't know how you go about tackling that. Um, education is a long process. Um, you know, we're not going to wipe it out tomorrow, but it would be nice if we could think that there was something we could do to fade it out over the next two, three, four, five years. Sally? Mm, I, I don't, I don't, yeah, I don't know if this is something that happens at all clubs. I have to say, I, I only. Uh, really appreciated the words of that song when I went to QPR away and heard people singing it in the concourses and thought this isn't right we shouldn't be singing this but um it's a it's a really difficult one when it's when it's something that's so so widespread isn't it I think we need to kind of we need to call on some of the, the the men here to kind of to sort of stand up and and maybe start singing another song whenever they hear it. Or I, ha- I, n- I did notice it at the um, at the weekend, and and I, I did notice that another song kind of came out quite quickly over it. And I thought, you know, if we could do that more often, just drown it out, and ask people to drown it out with something else, then eventually it will kind of die down a bit. But it, it's very difficult when it's a when it's a whole group of people, and they, and they yeah. they don't even really think about what it is when they start the song i mean i know i know there's people around me now uh who will sing the first bit and then stop when it gets to the you know but that's not helpful in a way is it (laughs) and i've just i just just don't don't join in yeah 
that's yeah. great, but you're still singing the first bit and then they, the rest of the carry on. Just don't sing it at all. Just don't sing it at all. I yeah. can't think of any city yeah. that I've been to to watch football where it hasn't been wonderful and full of. Mm. It's it's right <laughs> and it's everywhere. But like you said, yeah. Sally, like the minute that more and more people start singing a different song or whatever, those three or four blokes that have started it are going to look like idiots. And I think that's the thing that... You know, then the rest of the crowd turns around and says, why are you singing that? Like, what on earth? Why would you sing that song? I do think you're right in saying that it is a bit of naivety and a lot of people just sing it because they, they're used to it and it's been sung for years. And when you actually, yeah. So when you turn around and say, actually think about the words that you're singing here and how it can belittle women and how it can offend women, actually people will then go, yeah, I didn't realise because we've had so many people with our campaign come forward and say, I used to sing a lot of things and say a lot of things mm. in football. But now I've seen your campaign, I realise that it's wrong. Or since I've had a daughter, I realise that actually the stuff I'm saying isn't acceptable. And like, I think that's absolutely fine to like reflect on how you used to behave and then change your yep. ways. Because um, I think a lot of it is down to just going along with the crowd and not realizing that, that you're working maybe we need people. to so I think maybe we need to put together a, massive, a video that, that, that focuses specifically on that song and and bleeps out the words and then goes to some young girls and 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 mums and girls or dads and girls and says you know how does this make you feel when you know, what's going on hang on this isn't right you know that I think it might need something like that really to to really get people to think about what they're singing I mean I remember years ago on the terraces mm. joining in with the she fell over and not really even thinking about the fact that, that might not be very respectful to women and I'm singing it myself and mm. this is you know so you, you're right things things you know that happened years ago are just not acceptable now and you have to really think and re-educate people. I think I, I think also it's a lot of the not realising thing because I think you know, recently we had the whole thing around the Chelsea, Chelsea Red Boys chant. And yes. I think that yeah. because that was raised to quite a high profile, um, I, I think a lot of people hadn't really thought about why, why what they were singing was actually really quite offensive, was offensive and homophobic. Yeah. And a lot, I mean, you still got, a, there was still a few smatterings of it around, but it didn't get big. Do you know what I mean? As a result, yeah. so a lot of people have yeah. obviously taken that message on board. And I think it's, I think a lot of it's around messaging and, and quite often quite subtle messaging as well. Um, but I, I, maybe that we need something similar to that, you know, both at our club and at other clubs going forward. And a lot of it is yeah. ignorance as well. There's even yeah. like, you know, yeah. there's the there's the chant when someone has long hair and people chant, you know, Jippo at them and stuff like that. And it, it's yeah. awful. And like at the time, like I never knew growing up that that was horrendously like yeah. offensive and racist and only since I did my DNA test and I know I'm mainly Romany gypsy that I'm like hey hold on a minute yeah, don't chop that at people but now I understand it and now I hear it more and more and I'm like whoa you can't you know but I don't I genuinely don't think that people realize the impact that these words have and Sally it's interesting you said about the video because me and Kaz have just like literally I've just texted Kaz saying I've got a really good idea for a video while these are talking um and Kaz is a video expert so it's something that I think we can look at Really, really mm. good idea because again, we talked about this and besotted about this song, and we're saying that to do something, 
I think you're going to have to take things up another level. You're going to have to do something like the video idea, something that's going to impact hard because I think just talking to somebody makes it very difficult. You've got to hit it really hard. And that means the clubs have got to start putting money into it. So this is marketing money. This is to me about pulling in more people, pulling in more fans. If you want to really pull in more fans, you've got to put marketing money. So you have to look at the the female demographic and say, tell you something, we want to pull in 20% more females or 10% more females. We're going to have to put in 50 grand or 30 grand or 100 grand. 150 grand in here to do this and I think this is when you realize that clubs are being really serious about this um just just I'll just say girls I mean just coming back to your game to her game too as well I mean the the girls have got really great ideas because obviously they're connected with females all around the country as well and obviously we've got you on here Sally who is doing some great things at Brentford I'm just wondering you know maybe between yourselves you've got ideas of maybe how when say work together but ideas that the girls might have which you might say oh that's quite interesting or maybe you've got ideas that the girls might say they think oh that's quite interesting we could do that I mean I'm just wondering just talk amongst yourselves yeah, Sally, I just wanted to ask you, um, I worked in football in 2009, um, so back when I was freshly out of sixth form and just trying to find my way in the world, and I was one of the only women at the football club, and I just find it really interesting that somebody, there's a position of yours, <laughs> because that never existed when I was working in football, I was sort of supporter liaison slash whatever yeah. else they needed me to be, but also, like, how many of you are there and at your senior level as well? Because to be, like, supporter liaison officer or fan liaison officer and all this, but to be a director of it, is that, like, a Premier League thing? Is it just a Brentford thing? I just think it's really interesting that it's it's a role that's out there and it's great. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I haven't come across another club that has the same role. So I think it is, at the moment, a bit of a Brentford role. Um, and it's partly due to my background work prior to um, Brentford I worked in politics and with the local MP so I had slightly different kind of sort of way into the club if you like Um, and I worked a lot on our new stadium development and the getting through planning and all the rest of it Uh so so I had a slightly you know roles sometimes get created around (laughs) the experience that you've got with it but um Interestingly, I think it is something that maybe might um, might happen at other clubs. I spoke to somebody recently from another club and they said, you know, we really think that would be quite a good idea to pull that together because at the moment we've got our, our kind of fan relations work sort of split across a number of functions. You know, the communication team do a bit, the ticketing team do a bit, you know, somewhere you know somewhere else does a little bit and that it's not really kind of pulled together in one area so um I think it might it might be something that kind of catches on elsewhere (laughs) I I don't know obviously every every club but it's not a role I've come across specifically that's interesting it's also a shame but like obviously it's interesting that Brentford have done that and created that role for you because like you said it just kind of span across like I was based on the communications team but I also worked with the marketing team because I had input that yeah. they could use that I'd learned from different fans that I'd spoken with. So I think it's something that every club should have really. And 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 just coming back to it, I mean I mean the idea, I think Sally, because obviously, you know, listen, Brentford are hell bent on just basically getting anybody in the stadium as in a good set of people and 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 I'm sort of sitting there sort of kind of you know flying the flag for these girls there they're doing some great things, you know. And I'm just wondering and I'm just sort of throwing it out there thinking is that Obviously, the club's got, not say limited resources, but it's like to having people out there on the field doing stuff. Do you think that there's something that maybe 
you can, you know, ideas that you could be sharing, that you could be doing together, with, you know, with the girls? Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, we'd we'd love to we'd love to get together and some share some ideas and I'm sure you'd have some great ideas that you've picked up elsewhere that we haven't thought of and you know we, we we're all about continuous improvement and we know that we've come so so far along the route but you know there's 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 lots of other things yeah. that we'd love to do. One of our biggest challenges is that our stadium is 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 quite small so um we don't have a huge number of tickets available on a, on a match day and our you know success at the moment is meaning that we sell out every game um but luckily we didn't we made a um deliberate choice not to sell out too many season tickets so we can have pe- memberships and people can come in on memberships so we've still got a little bit of an opportunity for bringing people in um but there's there's lots we can do i'm sure yeah i mean we've got about 25 partnerships with other clubs at the moment and it's going really well with what we've got in place with them and every club works differently with what they want to do um some clubs will put a, a big message on the big screen and other clubs will have leds um but the majority of clubs that we've worked with have all got posters in ladies toilets like we said earlier um just to say where you can report um just having that sort of presence to say it's her game too females are welcome yeah. and we had a really lovely story with Exeter um about a woman from was it Iran Vic was it Iran? Yes. yeah from, I think so um where she is basically been banned in her country for years women aren't allowed to go to to football matches so when she moved to the UK um she went to an extra match and when she was there it was her game two on the LED advertising um her game two um in the program posters around the stadium and she yeah she sort of said how she felt really welcome and that's the sort of thing we want to do is encourage females to be like look you do belong here you belong just as much as everyone else and it's something that surprisingly has never been a thing before and yeah that's what we want to do is just have that presence I think one thing as well that we really want to do from we talk about empowering women and we talk about like making women feel encouraged to go to games etc but we also need to get to the the guys that are going to the men that are going and say this is how you can stand up for someone this is the sort of thing that you shouldn't be doing so you come back to we've had this conversation a million times so Kath is probably like oh here she goes again but you come back to your sort of the awful like Sarah Everard case when people were saying to me, like a lot of my friends are men because I go to the football, a lot of the people that I go with are men. And they would say to me, like, what can I do? Like, what can I do? I Do I cross the road? Do I do this? And, I, and it was little things like saying, no, you walk in front of her. You make a point of getting in front of her if you're behind her at night. You do this, you do that. You do not approach a woman and say, I am not a threat. Like all these things that people think they should do. <laughs> I think it, it's for us to kind of educate and say, this is how you can be an ally. This is how you can support your friends who are women at the football. And I think that's something that I am so fortunate with most of my, well, all of my male friends that I go to the football with, that, you know, they'll say the odd thing and then they'll look at me and they'll get the daggers back and they know that they've overstepped the mark and they'll never say it again. But I think knowing that I've got that group of friends who know when to call stuff out, I think for a lot of women going to the football, that's a huge, huge bonus for them. And not putting their friends in danger as well, because obviously you don't want a friend to get in a fight on your behalf or to get beaten up or anything like that. That's awful. But knowing what they can call out and what they can't and knowing what they can say and how they can you know, stop something and nip it in the bud, as my mum would say, is something that's like, it's really important. So, I mean, Brentford, Sally, I'm just wondering, 
getting more from getting more females at the club you know what how would you go about doing it do you think we've tried to tackle it um by uh making sure we've got better facilities um making it a very welcoming and friendly environment when you come in um increasing the visibility of women um uh, in terms of our advertising just um our our retail environment every 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 aspect really um having more female stewards at the games um all of those things i think can really help to to make the environment more welcoming and um friendly towards women and searches as well so you know the bag searches and the physical searches um, at the turnstiles it's always important to have a woman just in case like you know some women don't mind either way which is fine but there will be the odd woman that just doesn't want to be touched by a, a man which is fair enough and just having that option is is good and important sorry billy i was just gonna say i think female stewards is a huge thing like i've reported stuff before to stewards or i've had situations with stewards in the past and i've never felt particularly comfortable just because again it comes to is my problem bigger than everyone else's is mine worthy of being reported and i think to have female stewards around is really really good for women to to be able to go over to them and say i've just heard this said and i need some backup on it um, obviously, we we know about physicalities and differences in women and men and all that. We we can go on about that all night. Um, but I think just having a female presence that you can speak to and say that something's made you feel uncomfortable, and having them as a woman there that can go, yeah, all right, yeah, I understand that. Let's let's work on this. I think that's so good for a football club to have. Like my club, Sheffield Wednesday, and I know we have quite a few around the ground. Um, and one of our senior stewards who has the different, she has a blue jacket. Um, she She's a woman. She's been there for, God, probably 20 odd years now, as long as I can remember her being there. Um, and she's brilliant with stuff like that. And she takes no no nonsense from anybody. And that's exactly what you need. Um, but at the same time, obviously, I would hope that there would be a larger, whether it be male or female or whatever, but a steward there, if there was something physical going on, um, I think definitely having female stewards around that you could report a problem to is really, really good for women that are there. I, I, I've got another idea to throw it into the pot as well. But again, I mean, you girls, what is interesting is that you've got your little research thing that you do. You speak to you speak to girls up and down the country the whole time, which that could be quite interesting, that information feeding into the clubs, because, you know, what you're doing is that you're saying, you know, as girls, what, you know, girls as women what you like what you don't like what you're comfortable with what you're not comfortable with and up to me this is part of the problem with football football makes a lot of decisions based on kind of things that they don't know so if you've got the information where people actually saying this is what we want this is what we like football can actually start making decisions and start making moves based on kind of reality rather than based on what they might think it might be now again I'm throwing to the pot it might not be it might not be one but look same example interestingly some people say that sometimes they don't feel comfortable when they go to football in certain situations maybe that you know football clubs might be responsive to maybe like as a nationwide campaign where maybe they create a spots which are environments which uh, women might say actually 
I feel quite comfortable going there before a game. Doesn't mean that you're going to disrespect the pubs and all the other places that they go to, but you're creating another environment which might be slightly different. And maybe, again, that's something which, again, you know, I wouldn't know, but you girls might know. And then you might be able to work with the clubs to say, tell you something in Sheffield and Brentford and Bland, this, that and the other on a match day. We're going to have a certain place which is going to be this type of place. I mean, I don't know what your thoughts are on that, Sally, Vic, Vic Cass. It's, it's an interesting one. Um, it, it's, it's, it's never really been demanded, I think, from Brentford fans that we have anywhere that's kind of women only or women friendly or whatever. That's that's probably a, not necessarily where we feel that we want to go, but obviously we need to keep listening. Um, we have tried at, um, at various points. We've had... Um, kind of uh, women's networks, we thought we might try to get going um, perhaps within one of the lounges post-match, but more around kind of networking and meeting up, et cetera. So um, I'm not saying we wouldn't do do it, but um, we need to make sure that there's the demand there that people want to, you know, people want to gather in that way and and create an environment like that. So it's Mm. interesting to, to hear if you've had experience of that, Victoria or Kaz at any other clubs. Yeah, I think, like, to be honest, it's more maybe that's something we would take on more and do that research and find out. And then we would, if Mm. there was an issue, I think you'd go by club by club basis, say if there was like a large amount of Brentford supporters that said that, then we'd take it to you. So I think that is something that we could sort of take on. Um, We were talking, obviously, a while down the line because we're we're a fairly new campaign um, about having, say, like an app where female fans can connect with each other and agree on a meeting point and stuff like that so it's not something that necessarily clubs would need to put in place um it's something that maybe we could look at doing and then figure it out from there but again it's something that we need to keep researching until we get to that point where actually is it an issue or not and is it something that we need to put in place because yeah like you said it it might be something that's not necessarily needed and there could be something that's a lot easier to do and a lot more feasible like connecting this community of fans that then go somewhere together sort of thing but yeah it it might be something that that crops up in six months a year um, and then we can revisit but yeah I totally agree it's something that we need to know for sure is is necessary before doing something like that that's a nice idea yeah there's definitely room for a group like that I'm not gonna I certainly don't have the time I'm afraid with all the other stuff I do to organise it, but I'm quite happy to to join it when somebody else does organise it. Yeah, yeah. There's there's definitely gaps gaps for that, and um, you know I I think women's football continue to be promoted and to continue to make women, you know, who are maybe less confident than some of us feel more comfortable going to football and staying at football. More importantly, is um, is the way forward. I think, yeah, I think for me personally, it would be more of a case of I want to go to the men's men's football game, watch men play football. I'm not particularly into women's football. Like, I'll, I'll watch the big games. I'll watch the FA Cup if it's on TV. Anything that's on TV and it's football, I'll watch it. Um, whether it's man or woman, I'm not bothered. Um, but for me, it's more about being integrated and accepted within the men's game and within the the crowd that I go to and to to not be sort of segregated, almost like I kind of I want to go into the pub and be able to sit there with a pint and not have someone say, oh, she's only drinking pints because she thinks blokes might like that, you know, like, oh, oh she's a pick me and all this. And it's 
I'm not. I'm literally going to the football. That's all I want to do on a Saturday afternoon. Well, I don't particularly want to do, to be honest, at the moment at Sheffield Wednesday. Um, but all I want <laughs> to do is to be able to go to the football, enjoy my day and go home and maybe have the audacity to have an opinion on it on social media or on a podcast or talk about it in the media and not have so if if my opinion's awful and my opinion is completely wrong by all means like disagree with me give your opinion too let's have a debate about it but you don't need to resort to calling me names that are gender specific insults or using the fact that I'm a woman to insult me I just want to go to the game the same as everybody else pay the same ticket fee I want to walk in watch the game and go home and not have any trouble and I think that's it, it shouldn't be this difficult. <laughs> That's the sad point. It shouldn't be this hard. It shouldn't take all the extra hours that me and Kaz and all the rest of the girls have in the week. It shouldn't take someone like Kaz standing up and going, actually, this isn't right. It should just be like that. But unfortunately, it's not. And so that's why that's why we're doing what we're doing. Okay. So look, listen, we've had a right good chat today. Just looking forward, and like I said, I'm very much a glass half full person. You know, looking forward, positivity. You know, what do you see in the future? How do you see things going? What's it going to look like for women in 2022, 2023? Kaz? I mean, I don't want to put a timescale on it because obviously we're working very hard and trying our very best I mean we want to see an increase in female fans we want to see that ratio of men to women at games change Uh, we want to see more women represented at a higher level at board level at at football clubs Uh, we want to see more visibility but we just the main thing for me personally I know all the girls think differently with like what what's the priority but I just think the next generation I want to see girls more involved I want girls feeling excited about football I want them to want to go to games and you see those lovely videos we get tagged in on Twitter of girls going to their first games and it's just so heartwarming to see their little faces I mean they're not going there for male attention or or whatever else we get blamed for going for I mean they're only like 10 years old and they absolutely love it and I think you know you, you you sort of find somewhere where you belong at football and girls shouldn't be denied that opportunity to feel the same way as young boys do when they they fall in love with their football club so yeah we want to see girls just just enjoying the game playing the game having more opportunities to play the game there's so many things we want to do I can't just say one thing I mean we want to do so much and (laughs) educate but yeah we the main thing for me is just that getting that next generation involved and seeing an increase in in women at football. Vic? Um, I think On a personal level, um, there was a stat that came out in Sheffield recently that said that over a third, there was an increase of a third of girls registering to play grassroots football in the Sheffield County FA last year. Um, So it was something like a thousand extra girls registered last year, which is just huge. And I'm awful at football. I tried to play it. I'm not good at it, but I enjoyed it. And I think that the more that we can get into grassroots football and make girls feel more comfortable with playing, with enjoying football, with having an opinion on football, that for me is kind of the ultimate goal. Um, I would love to see, obviously, her game too on pin badges on Sky Sports News. I want to see it. But I don't want to just be a... We we talk about this so much, Kaz, but I don't want to just be a tick box. I don't want to just be someone using the logo for the sake of it and to kind of go, oh, we've ticked that off on our equality form. I want people to actually do something with it and to make a difference. So that for me, even if we partner with two more clubs in the next 10 years, 
as long as they do everything that they should be doing, then that's better for me than partnering with every club in the whole 92 and only one of them taking it seriously. Ali? I think I'd like to see, I think it'd like to be obvious um, at our club and at all clubs that I go to, um, what, what the re- where to report misogynistic or sexist abuse. Um, and I think that now that seems to be being rolled out across several clubs and hopefully at some point in the in the fairly near future, it will be on the back of every ladies' loo and every single club. And I, I think that's a, a great way forward. And I think it's great that that is, is, is starting to appear at, at more and more clubs. So, yeah, I feel really positive about that. Sally? I think just looking ahead to in the sh- in the short term we've obviously got um the women's euros coming up at brentford um so we've got f- uh, f- uh four games at least so um i think that's something to really kind of um plan for to look ahead to to try and create a great story uh and a lasting legacy locally um get a lot of um local girls to come along and watch uh watch games there and perhaps fall in love with coming to the stadium and then come to Brentford games, start playing the game. We've got Gunnersbury Park across um, very close as well. So there's lots more girls playing um, at uh, grassroots level there. Um, and also then uh, continuing to develop our women's teams within our club um, and continuing the good work in, in terms of encouraging more women to come along and to work at the club yeah. as well. All of those good things. That's absolutely brilliant. So listen, honestly, I've really, really enjoyed. This has been fantastic. It's been really, really great having you on our podcast. I feel very honoured. Thank you for taking time out to come on, to explain, to tell us exactly what your thoughts are. I know some of them are sort of quite dark, you know, but I think people needed to hear that as well because I think it's very important. But at the end of the day, I hope that you got your message across as well. And I hope that, you know, you get loads more people just following you and and just getting on board because I think this is so important absolutely so important football should be for everybody and you girls are really trying to make it happen for females in football there are other people that are trying to do exactly the same thing and one thing I'd say is that one thing is that if everyone starts now working with each other as well that's when it will get super powerful because you know you girls are doing your thing you can have the LGBT you could have the anti-racism you know you can have the you know all the different groups who are down there on street level the fans just working with each other doing things that will that will just go onto another stratosphere as far as I'm concerned so this is really great just quickly before we go I want to say Cass just let everybody out there know exactly how they can get hold of you yeah, so we're on um, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, at Her Game 2 on Instagram, at Her Game 2 on Twitter, and then Facebook, just Her Game 2. Uh, we also have a website, hergame2.co.uk. It's got all the links to our email on there, our social channels. Um, we've also got a reporting system on there as well. Um, we've had quite a few, sadly, serious reports since we launched that, um, which we're talking to the clubs um, associated with those reports, which is great. It's so important for our data collection. So thank you so much to anyone that's that's sending through reports because it really is starting to make a difference. Um, but yeah, and then I don't think there's anything else, Vic, in terms of plugging. No, I think that's it. Yeah. Yeah. Losing track of what we got going on, to be honest. But yeah, um, at her game too, if you Google us, you'll find us. Um, yeah. 
It is great. And, 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 and like I said, this is Besotted Pride of West London podcast. Subscribe to us on all uh, all your favourite podcast channels and review us. If you love what we're doing, just review us. Thank you for everybody who's been going out there and just coming back and giving us some fantastic reviews, coming up to us in the ground and saying how much they love the podcast. As I've been saying this all the time, it's really weird because like half the time we don't know that you people exist because you're on the other end of the radio as it is. So when you come up to us face to face and say how much you love it, it's really great. And just listen, if you love this show and if you want to talk to the girls, if you want to send them messages, you can go to the Besotted website and we've got a little information. You know, you can actually send us a little uh, a little email on there as well. So go to the website. You can do that as well. London. don't forget, is our podcast. The next podcast is going to be on Thursday next week after I come back from, uh, where am I going to? I'm going to San Marino. Yeah, I'm going to San Marino for the day, as you do. Um, and then we're going to go to Newcastle for the weekend after that. So next Thursday is going to be our next podcast in just over a week's time. So check that out as well. If you like what you do, just go to besotted.com forward slash beer and just buy us a beer if you like to as well. And just like I said to you, comment on besotted.com and let us know exactly what your thoughts are. But I would like to say a big thank you to Kazme. Thank you so much for having me. <laughs> That's right. You've got Vic, Vicky Wood. Thank you. So look, thanks a lot to Ali as well. Thank you very much for having me. It's been an absolute pleasure. You've got <laughs> Sally Stevens. Thanks very much. That's right. And I'm Billy Grant and I've really enjoyed this. Thank you for listening to the Brother West London podcast and we shall catch you very soon. Thank you. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80 percent less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up Quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. That's Quince.com slash upgrade. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.